We're back today with another Her Story episode where we feature one of the women in our community who has made big changes and is sharing her food freedom story. Today, we are talking to Sarah, who has a beautiful story about going from extreme dieting, macro counting, measuring, weighing, tracking, everything, right? Perfection to having a story of learning to heal her body, heal her relationship with her body, but also heal her body physically. Some things that she had to work through and then being able to step into weight loss from a place of healing. I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. I hope so many of you can relate if you're feeling in this place of wanting to be done, feeling really strict and feeling like maybe that's the only way to create change, to being able to learn to listen and create healing in your own body. I remember Sarah um, mentioned early on (laughs) saying, I want to do it this way, but I don't even know how because I've tracked and weighed and measured for so long. That's the only way I know how to do it. How How do I step into weight loss and body change without doing that. And so she shares a little bit about her journey and and how she is on the path to weight loss and how she has lost weight without all of the tracking and the weighing and the measuring. So there's so much beautiful content in this episode. And then the other thing I wanted to add really quickly was I'm calling this episode, you are more than your number because the discoveries that Sarah found, (laughs) discovered in her journey were about so much more than her number. And I hope that you feel that phrase resonate throughout this entire episode. So again, if you are struggling with being strict with your food, like feeling like that's the only way to create the change that you want, it doesn't have to be that way. And we can teach you all about how to heal that relationship with food, your relationship with your body, while also still pursuing your goals inside food freedom. And the doors are opening so, so soon. So get yourself on the wait list at awomanofwellness.com forward slash food freedom. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. I hope you enjoy it just as much as I did. Welcome to the Woman of Wellness podcast, a show for the woman who wants to make peace with food, love her body, and find joy in exercise and movement. I'm Elizabeth, exercise physiologist and women's nutrition and wellness coach here to spread the message that it is absolutely possible for you to enjoy food, exercise, and your body without guilt, shame, or regret. To the woman who is fed up with dieting, feels trapped in a body she wishes she could love, or who lets food and fitness rules overtake her life, it's time to put a hard stop on diet culture and discover wellness within. My friend, you are already a woman of wellness. Your worth is more than a number on the scale. You are worthy of showing up in love for your body today and every day. On this podcast, I want you to show up as yourself beautifully imperfect and gain confidence to accomplish anything you set your mind to. I believe that every woman has the gift of knowing what her body truly wants and needs within herself, and I'm here to help you discover it. 
Join me each week for conversations about food, fitness, weight loss, and wellness to help you achieve your goals and love taking care of your unique body. It's a lie that wellness has to be hard, painful, and downright miserable, and I'm ready to link arms with you and experience the joy of wellness together. Okay, my friends, I'm excited for our guest today um, because one, she's just a great, a great, has become a great friend um, in the online space, but also um, we've worked together in a capacity of food freedom and coaching and all of that. And she has a beautiful story. I, I really think it's beautiful. It's been really fun to be a part of her story, her food freedom story. And if you're new here, we're kind of sharing um, some, what I'm calling her story episodes where women that have, you know, experienced a lot of dieting and um, just been in that culture for so long have kind of escaped it for lack of a better word and are finding their own journey toward women of wellness and what that looks like. And Sarah has a story that I think so many of us can relate to. So Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing more about your story. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to be here. Will you just start us off? Will you just kind of tell us, like, give us a snapshot of maybe like where you were and kind of where you are today? Like maybe we can just kind of cover it all and then we'll dive into some of the specifics in those areas, just so people have a big picture of like, where have you come from and and where are you now? Sure, sure, sure. So like starting way back, I was an athlete all the way through high school and college. Like I knew the fitness stuff. I knew what my body was capable of. I was like this dialed machine, but still all the same time at the back of my head, I was like, "Mm," but I don't look like everybody else, but my body's different than everybody else. So I always had that in my head. And so knowing that surely there were not very healthy thought patterns that were going on, but I was just, you know, cranking out what I needed to do. Um, and then fast forward into life and I'm married, I've had three kids. Um, and even within that time off and on doing dieting, like, ah, I think I can tighten up things here. And I would try, I tried all the things I did whole 30, not as a particularly weight loss diet, but just trying to figure out, I was having some digestion stuff, trying to figure out like what's going on. My husband said, never again will I participate (laughs) in a whole 30. He lost like a million pounds. And at the time he had no pounds to lose. Uh, so that was not, that was not great. Um, and then, I mean, like I said, I just, I just tried it all. And, uh, after having my third baby, I was super fed up with just how I was feeling. Like I couldn't really tell, was it because I've, I've gained some extra weight? Is it because there's something else going on? And so, um, I tried macros and I lost a lot of weight. I did, you know, like it, I felt like I was healthy, like I had arrived at where I needed to be. Um, and then I realized, okay, so I'm not going to literally, you know, weigh every gram of food that ever enters my body. I'm, and I know that there are people who can succeed in that. It just wasn't for me because I get obsessive and I literally would be the person who's like, oh, I need two more carbs. Let me cut this hot tamale in half and eat it like, so that I would hit be hitting my numbers. Um, and so I could see unhealthy stuff coming out in me and realizing my youngest, uh, that child is, is my daughter. And I was like, I couldn't really pinpoint all the stories that I had been told subconsciously or, you know, uh, straight out as I grew up from my parents um, and just different environments. But I knew 
that I was not creating great stories and great legacies for her, um, watching me be obsessed over my food, um, watching me be obsessed about every single like pound on the scale or anything like that. So I knew um, once I went through my macro journey and then stopped counting every single thing, then my weight just came right back up. Like I, it just was here and I thought this was my life now and I'll just be unhappy with my body, I guess. I just won't talk about it in front of my daughter and <laughs> she'll at least get to see me be happy while I eat food. I don't know. Um, and then my digestive stuff really kicked up and I was just not feeling great there. Um, and that kind of brought us to probably the last two years. I had, I had pulled gluten from my diet because that's what people told me to do. It was making me feel a little bit better. Um, and then realizing that it was actually probably more holistic, um, within my body that I needed to take care of some deeper things. Um, and that's when I looked into my hormones, tried to figure those out. And I actually had like, you know, a professional help me, not just the internet, which is how I usually go. Um, and I knew that I was possibly going to be gaining weight while I healed my hormones. And you and I talked about that because we worked kind of on the like mindset body food relationship prior to me going to heal my hormones. Um, and so I, I really was feeling like pretty good about just, I, I didn't love where my body was, but I was okay mentally where that is. Um, felt I wasn't swinging at all with my food. I was just there, you know, it wasn't like super restrictive or super bingy, which I had done both. Um, and, but knowing that I was going to gain weight, I was, I mean, I guess like you either just decide <laughs> this could be a side effect or I can just feel like this. So, but I kept telling myself like, I'm sure I'm not, I'm, I'm still going to be active. It'll be fine. Well, that was not the case. And I, <laughs> I gained, and I, I always related to that episode that you have, you know, I, um, I'm the heaviest I've ever been. And that is where I was at. Um, my, I, my body felt completely different. I was not having any of the digestive stuff. I was feeling like I had food freedom in the sense that I could literally eat the foods now before I was eating no foods, which was no fun. Um, but I was still able to experience joy in, in eating and moving my body, but also recognizing I don't want my body to stay here uh, at this place. And so that's when you and I just started working together recently. Um, because in my head, the only way to lose weight, like I, I couldn't figure it out. Like there's no way you can lose weight if you don't su be super restrictive or go down the macro train that I knew I could do, but I just didn't want to bring that back in. And so I had no idea how that was even possible. And so that's kind of why, why I came to you. I'm like, I know this is what you say, I know this is what, but is it really a thing? Like, is it really possible? Um, and just it's, our process that we're going through is, I would say, like, if I had my druthers, it's slower than I want, which is annoying, <laughs> but I know every single step. It's like those, um, like those micro habits and those like small little changes just add up. And I know that whether it takes a year or what, you know, however long it is until I get to a point where I'm like, oh, okay, this is really where my ideal weight would be then I'm at the point, like I haven't done all this restricting, restricting to now go, okay, well, here's my life again. Guess I'm going to just build it back up. Like, uh, and we can talk about like the details, but there's never been a time doing it this way where I felt like 
annoyed because I'm not eating enough food or because I feel restricted. I feel uh, depleted. It It just feels like regular life. And I'm doing these little, very small tweaks. And then I, they, they create the results that are bigger than based on what I thought they would be off, off of the small things we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm excited to get to that because essentially what Sarah is saying is like, you know, she's, she's losing weight without counting macros and carbs and all of those things. And it sort of feels like, wait, what, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. is real life. Like I can do this. And it, and I think you sent me a message that was like, this isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. Like it just didn't feel, it was always so dreadful. Right. And so I kind of want to go back to that, to that time where was there a transition? Was there a moment? What was it for you that took you from going back on a diet macros, whatever you want to call it to more of this intuitive type eating journey, right? We, we talk a lot around here, like we are intuitive eating with structure kind of a journey, right? Like it's important that we still learn how to honor our bodies and, you know, create structure for wellness in our lives. And I'm curious, how did you get to that point of, of saying like, I'm not going to go back on the macros again? Um, a lot of it was because, I mean, it was a hard, it was honestly a hard choice because I, I could get the results I wanted. I could get them quick. I knew because of my obsessive personality, like uh, it would be easy for me to do. It would be easy to adapt to that. Um, but just knowing that for me, it wasn't sustainable. It wasn't, I couldn't enjoy the things. And I know that that's a big proponent of macros that they say, you just make it fit. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not just making it the foods around that fit. It's making it fit into my life and the things that I want to be able to do and go enjoy things. Um, and it, it just took up so much mental space that I do not have. And, uh, it seemed that it wasn't going to give me the actual long-term results. I could, if I wanted to drop some pounds because I was going to an event, sure. And then I would gain it right back to be uh, in life. And so I wasn't able to experience the life that I wanted when I was counting macros. And so for me, that wasn't worth it. It, like I said, it is, I don't want to keep saying that it's annoyingly slow, but there's, there's days now that I'm like, faster, but I'm seeing the results. I'm seeing it's, it is, it's taking me longer because I want it right now. That's who doesn't want instant results. Right. Um, especially because I, not that I had instant results before, but because I've seen faster results, but this way allows me to actually live my life and not feel like I have to be a slave to the scale, both the food scale and the scale, you know, the weight scale. And, uh, it allows me to then just make the choices based on, the life and experiences I want to have. Yeah. I love that. And cause you're right. Like diets work, mm-hmm. right? Like we do, we do, you know, if we follow them, it's usually rapid weight loss, but I like to say they work until they don't work yep. right? until you decide that you want to live a particular lifestyle and it, it didn't match with that level of restriction or whatever, right? Like it's almost feels impossible to keep that up. Mm-hmm. And so you, you got there mentally, right? Like in this space of like, okay, I could go back there, but I know it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we got to this mental place of like, okay, I, I don't want to go back there because I already know what's going to be, happen, 
what was your action step from there? Now that your mental space kind of got rid of it, what was your next step to help you help you heal from that, I guess? Uh, I guess, I mean, I called you. <laughs> I was like, friend, help me out here. Um, I think, and I don't know if this is not concrete enough for you, but in what you're asking, um, but for me, it was, like, what small step can I take today? Like, what, if if it's not going to be this dramatic overnight transformation, then I need to do what I can today to set myself up for the trajectory that I want to go. So what, what, what can I do today that looks like that person who, who uh, is at the, the ideal weight that they're at, who feels good in their body, who feels good about food. What can I do today? And sometimes it's really small things like drinking enough water. And sometimes it's like, I'm going to go for a walk. Um, but it, it's helpful even with um, the movement side of things, because like I said, as at, growing up as an athlete, I just assumed that in order to have any sustainable weight loss or weight maintaining, that I would have to be in the gym for hours at a time and like beating myself up. Um, and not only do I just really have no interest in doing that, I don't have time for that. You know, I've got three kids, I've got a business of my own and we're a busy family. Like that's just not anything I have time for. And so realizing like, okay, so I'm going to make the 30 minutes I have count. How can I, and again, not like go, 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 but what can I do to really get the best bang for my buck out of my movement and out of food, um, knowing that this is it a long haul. This isn't a one-stop shop. We're done. Um, but what can I do right now in this moment to set myself up to be that person? Yeah. I love that. And one of the things I hope you don't mind me sharing, but, um, one of the things that we really had to dive deep on was first your relationship with your body. Yep. Um, and that's what we talk about in food freedom. Like that's our very first module because, if we are in a, like a, the best word that comes to my mind is like a dissonance with our body, right? Like mm -hmm. there's this, like this separation of like, it's here and I don't like it. And I feel shame. And I like want to shame myself to change. And, you know, one of the ways that you had to like, kind of navigate those next steps was to learn that you could start trusting your body and that yeah. it was good and that it was okay. And, and forgiving kind of some of that past self stuff, like people don't realize, you know, they just look for another plan. Right. And, yeah. and you, you were in that cycle, that diet cycle where it's like, Oh, I just need another plan. But the reality is, is the plan is not, you don't need the plan. You need the mindset shift. And that's what you're kind of sharing here is like, you started to step into some mindset shifting and that's what helped you take those next steps. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, this is kind of a weird example, but I think of it as like a marriage. And if let's say someone gets married and it doesn't work out for whatever reason, and they decide I'm going to get married again. Well, if you like literally just take the same you and the same behaviors and patterns that you're doing in that first one, it's literally going to fail. Like there, there's no other option. Um, and you know, we're all taking baggage around with us all the time. And so if, and I, I, I had to unpack that a lot to figure out like, 
what even are these stories or this, this stuff that I just didn't even realize was there. Um, and so one of the things that you and I talked about was, um, I'm going to totally butcher the wording, but it's a, Hmm. I'll see if I can remember. You'll, you'll be able to tell me better because obviously I repeat it to myself all the time. Um, but that it's, I'm, I'm valuable to where I am. No, no see, I'm going to mess it up. I'm valuable where I am. It's, it's okay where I am and where I used to be. That's not it. Help me, Liz. What? <laughs> <laughs> you are good where you are while you pursue change. Is that, is that what you're saying? Or- no, no. Well, I mean, that's the, the that's the idea, but it was like, it, it's where I am and who I am now. Like it is, it is good. Yeah. And so, you know, regardless of what I felt like my potential could have been or used to be, what, where I am right now is, is good. And I can show up where I am, who I am right now, knowing that I want to change, knowing that there are differences I want to see, but that doesn't mean that until I get there, that, I'm not worthy of be, of just showing up and like living my life. We were talking about it because I was sitting next to a friend at church and like noticing how cute her jeans were. And I was like, ah, I would look terrible in those jeans, you know? And that just realizing it, we're all going to have those thoughts. So they come in, you know, but you just have to let them pass and realize right now, this, this like it or not, this is who I am. And so I can choose to either degrade myself and say that, I'm gross. And I, all of these, these, you know, things that we can let build in our head or just tell myself like, yeah, I want to change, but right now I'm still great. Like who I am doesn't, hasn't changed because of decisions I've made in the past. Like I'm still just as valuable, just as worthy to show up in my life. And my, my kids deserve that. My husband deserves that. They like, I would be this makes me sound like I'm bragging about myself, but like I would, it would, it would be a disservice to them if I didn't show up now because I didn't want to until I was ready, until I was at that place. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, totally. I mean, think about how much they care. Yeah. Right? Not, not a, yeah. not at all. <laughs> yep. And you're talking about this idea of healing and mm-hmm. you had to go through a big emotional healing. And then you shared a little bit earlier that your next step was some actual physical healing, right? We had some hormonal healing to go through. What? So that's, that's like a big step that we talk about inside food freedom is this idea of like, we have to heal in all areas from our past with food and our bodies, right? We have to emotionally heal and understand that, but sometimes there's a physical healing. And I talk a little bit about the science behind dieting is that when you've dropped weight so significantly and you've dropped your calories so significantly, you've dropped your metabolism too. Like that's science. And so when, you know, when we come in and say, well, let's start eating without guilt and, and just kind of allowing foods back in, there's a healing that needs to take place in our bodies too. And we have to kind of, we have to like take the pressure off of the weight loss. We kind of have to let it be for a little bit and understand that like, it's okay for my body to go through some healing, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that if I'm, if I was so restrictive for so long and I start eating a little bit more food, my body has to learn how to catch up and how to respond to that. My friend, I want to know if you can relate to this story a woman in our community shared recently. 
I always worry about what I eat and what I look like. My self-esteem is wrapped up in what the scale says, and then I turn to emotional eating. I use food for everything, celebrations, rewards, boredom, stress, and sadness. My world revolves around food, and I honestly can't envision a place where I don't think about food 24-7. Send help. If you also find yourself on and off diets, restricting and binging, emotional eating, gaining and losing the same pounds, and ultimately consumed with thoughts about food and your body 24-7, our Food Freedom Program was created for you. Inside this immersive course and group coaching program, I take you through the exact process you need to heal your relationship with food, your relationship with your body, and ultimately achieve your best health ever. And yes, that can include weight loss without having to go on another diet ever again. My friend, no matter how long you've been dieting or struggling with shame in your body, Food freedom is your answer to full and complete healing. Take a minute to imagine being able to have mental space for life and not just food. To have freedom to eat without tracking, weighing, or measuring anything. Freedom from feeling like a failure at the end of the day. Freedom from having to stay within your food budget for the day. Freedom from sabotage and all or nothing thinking and ultimately Freedom to feel good and confident in your body and show up for the life you want to live. We do this and more inside our signature food freedom program. All you need to do is head to a womanofwellness.com forward slash food freedom and get on the wait list. So you'll be the very first to know when our next round opens up. I want you to know that a life without dieting is possible for you and it's better than you can ever imagine. Come join me in Food Freedom, and I will be your coach every step of the way. So yours was specific to to hormones and things like that, but in general, we all have to go through a little bit of this healing process. How did you take your emotional healing, right? Kind of the stuff that you talked about, your body freedom, right? You were kind of like, experiencing this level of body freedom, how did you take that into this season of healing where you went contradictory to what you wanted, right? You did gain some weight. That's not forever. That's not the answer that everyone has, but it is sometimes the answer. And how did you take that in there knowing that like weight loss was your number one goal? Like you were so attached to it for so long. Yeah. And I think women like they can relate to this so much. There's like this tight grip on, on weight loss and it's available to you, but you had to experience some healing first. How did you manage that? Um, well, let me be clear that weight loss is, is still a goal. Like, I don't want, I don't want anyone to think that I'm like, Oh, it's so great that I gained weight. Cause I feel better. Like, I mean <laughs> yeah. that yes, internally I feel better. And so, you know, I had to ask myself that question if I could feel better internally and never lose weight, would that be okay? And like, I had to wrestle with that for a really long time. And there were a lot of days where I was like, nope, I'd rather feel like crap so that I could lose weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was just seeing that it it, it was almost just like a necessary evil, I don't want to say, but like, uh, 
it had to happen. Like in order for the the downward curve to even be an option, it had to go back up um, because my body just wasn't going to like part of the, to get to weight loss. Like you said, there had to be healing. And in order for that healing to happen, the weight had to go up and it wouldn't have ever come down if I didn't have that. The, the process that I went through to heal my body, kind of like when you know that you have to like your kids, when you're teaching them a lesson, like it's going to get really hard and I'm not going to like that. I have to take this away from you. Uh, and, but you just have to go through a really hard time knowing that in two months, when you have trained this behavior out, out of them, it's going to be so much better for everyone else, but it is going to kind of be terrible if, mm-hmm. for the first little bit. Um, and so I think I just had to trust. I had to trust that a, our, my body was designed to do to do this um, and then trust the people around me that would knew way more than me. And <laughs> so I'm like, wait, so I'm not the first person that's, this has ever happened to you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell me I'm not. Um, so I think just that, that trust factor of really like listening to my body and knowing you, you can't go from feeling crazy amounts of pain to no pain and think that, oh, this has this, like, obviously this wasn't the path that my body should have gone on. So I had to kind of just lean into those like, uh, symptom checks almost like, okay, so I'm feeling, I'm internally feeling so much better. Clearly there's good things happening in my body. And in order to get there, there's just going to be some, I guess, side effects (laughs) along the way. Um, but then we can deal with those, but we couldn't deal with those until internally I was healed. Yeah. The word that kept coming to my mind as you were talking was surrender. This idea of, of surrendering to what needs to happen next, Mm -hmm. surrendering to, you know, trusting, like you said, the outcome. And we had a, her story a couple of weeks ago about that, where, you know, it was just about learning to surrender because that's a really big barrier to women joining food freedom is this idea of like, how do I know if I'm going to fail again? Like there's a Mm -hmm. real fear of failure. Um, and it's, we talk about around here, like feelings are okay and they're welcome, right? Like it's okay to feel that, but you had to get to that place of trust and surrender and say, I know that this, like, I know that this works and I'm going to trust the process. And now that you've trusted the process, let's move to the, to the kind of current situation where Mm -hmm. you're at. Um, you know, you, you felt like you were in a space to, to start working toward, toward weight loss. And, um, what does that look like for you? I mean, you kind of shared a little bit, but, but let's just like take that from a perspective of healing. What does weight loss from with a healed body and a healed emotions what does that look like? Um, it's a lot more covered in grace. It was before it, you know, if I wasn't hitting a number on a scale, I would feel terrible about it. And I would assume it's because I did something wrong or because, you know, this is just the way my body's going to be. I would kind of get really, really uh, negative about it. Um, and now I'm able to like we talk about data points a lot, right? And that the scale is just one data point. And yes, I have this ideal number in my head of what I would love that to be tomorrow. Um, 
but knowing that there's so many other things that are, you know, like those non-scale victories, um, or even the fact that, you know, I'm being, I, I'm being more consistent with my movement. And that doesn't, that doesn't just mean like, Oh, I got my workout in. So obviously I'm going to lose weight. It's going to help me, you know, on the scale, but it's now I can just be proud that I did it. Like, I I'm so proud of the consistency that I'm, I'm seeing, um, of just starting a habit is very difficult. (laughs) Um, and so I think I just have a different outlook. Like, yes, those are the things I'm working towards. And I know that they're going to get there. Um, but along the way, it's not going to just be like, beat yourself up because who wants to, who wants to do that to, even if, you know, I could have a, a six pack tomorrow, but I had to feel terrible about myself while I did it. I don't want to sign up for that. So it's just, for me, it's like a lot more grace filled for myself. Yeah. What does it look like physically in your life? Like what's different in your lifestyle? Um, I would say a lot more movement. Um, but again, not where I feel like if I'm not sweating and throwing up after every workout that it's not, it doesn't count. Um, so I actually get to look forward and enjoy that. Um, I think there's just more like mindfulness over what I'm, what I'm eating. Um, and I'm not like just eating celery and I'm not just eating salads all the time. Um, but just looking at the foods and, and really looking at, you know, what would someone who wants to fuel their body, what would they eat in this instance with what I have available? So sometimes that means I'm out, you know, doing errands. What would someone who wants to fuel their body, what would they choose? And my options might be limited. So I'm going to choose the best one. And that's okay. Like to have grace in that moment. Um, but then when I'm going to the grocery store, I'm choosing different things simply because I want to be able to fuel myself for a workout, or I want to fuel myself so that I can go hang with my kids or, you know, like show up for my husband. Um, so I don't know if that's like specific that you, that you want. Um, but I guess it just, it just makes the choices less about shame and more about empowerment, not to sound super feelingsy, but, but that's reality, right? Like, I love that. Actually, we want to feel feelings here. (laughs) How cool. Like if someone is listening and they've spent years shaming their body to change and the idea of being able to have change that is grace filled and happy and positive, that could feel like a very foreign concept. And I still remember you sent me a message and you're like, I don't understand how that works. Like, is this really possible? Like, because nobody talks about it, right? Like it's not, it doesn't sell, right? It it doesn't sell. (laughs) It's way less sexy. Yeah. Like it just doesn't, but, but it's because you, you get to just experience your life. Right. And you get to, um, still show up. And, and we talk so much about that around here is that, you know, you can love your body and accept your body while pursuing change. And it can be a beautiful balance mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And, I think, sorry, go ahead. Nope. You go. Uh, I had to make a switch because in my head for a long time, I thought that intuitive eating and body acceptance meant that I would just think me in my present form is like God's given God's gift to the earth. You know, like that I had to see myself as like, 
I do not see my imperfections. I don't see my roles. Look, I think that the, you know, if I do, those roles are like so hot. Like, <laughs> and that, that's not, maybe there are people who out there who, who do feel like that, but that's not the way that I feel. Um, but I think that uh, just exactly what you said, that I am allowing myself to show up and giving everything that I have to my life still while in the pursuit of change. Yeah. So beautiful. And just, I, I want to name this episode, like grace filled, right? Mm -hmm. You had to come to a space of grace in your body and with your body to be able to then step into change and change in all forms. You had to step into some change of healing, which, you know, changed the scale, right? Changed the number. And when you're in diet mode, that is like red flag. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. But for you, it was like, no, this is my surrendering, right? This is, this is my, this is my trusting to say I'm changing into this space. And then, you know, your next step was like the change toward, um, now intentional change, right? Weight loss and, and body change and all of that. And throughout the whole process, you had to learn, okay, I have to do this from a place of body freedom. Yeah, because, and and we talked about this a little bit before the episode, but one of your kind of core values is this idea of like feeling safety and, and knowing that you have a sense of security. And sometimes I tell women like, well, it doesn't sound, it sounds kind of funny, but like you could go on the macros tomorrow, right? Like you have the knowledge to do that. And it's okay to say like, okay, that's a little bit of safety for me that like, I know that I have skills, but I can keep going this way. And what you're doing now is you're building evidence in this direction for safety, right? You know that you can meet your body's needs. You can honor your hunger and fullness. You can honor your body's movement needs. And it can feel safe in this direction too, as you build that evidence. Yeah. And, but that it does feel scary at first because you feel like you're kind of jumping off a cliff with, without a parachute, but it's like, those, uh, just like the data points, it's like building the evidence to just, uh, show yourself that it's possible little by little. So what would you say to Sarah back in the day, (laughs) we'll say back in the day, um, who was only focused on the number desperate to get out of her body, um, couldn't, couldn't almost couldn't open her eyes to this, this idea of where you are now. What would you say to her? First of all, I'd say, Liz, stop making me cry. Um, I think back then I wouldn't have listened to like, you're valuable, you're beautiful. I just wouldn't have believed it. Um, And I know that like, we all just want to have like beauty for ourselves, not just beauty for other people. Like I get that. Um, But I probably as a 16 year old would have loved to hear like, you're going to have a hot man who <laughs> loves your body with all of its shapes. Like that probably would have done <laughs> wonders for me as a 16 year old. Um, but I think even as, you know, a young adult moving into motherhood um, to just remind me that I'm more than a number and that like, so focused on the number and that that doesn't, that that number doesn't have anything to do with my worth as a human, my worth, or I should say like my beauty factor, which I don't even know how to describe that. Um, and that 
all of those things, like that number can remain the same forever and ever and ever. And all of those other things can change. So that, that that's literally just like a blip. It, it's something so small and insignificant that, I mean, just going in the weeds, but like the two different bodies can look exactly, or it can look completely different and weigh the same. Um, and that, or in uh, two different people could be both be- both beautiful from a worldly perspective, but one is horribly mean to other people or just like, you know, someone that who wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be friends with or who uh, wouldn't show up for their kids. And that, that my measure of worth isn't based on a number, which sounds so, tra- I hated, hated when you used to <laughs> talk about that. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But it's not really like, um, so just trying to, I guess if I was talking to myself previously would be to remind myself that there's things that are way more worth it than getting drugged down by that obsession. Um, that there are so many more things that I can, I am more valuable. Let me rephrase that. I bring value in many other areas in many areas that have nothing to do with that number on the scale. And that that number on the scale could be five times as big as it is. I mean, hopefully not, but, (laughs) um, but the value that I bring to my marriage, to my kids, to, uh, my family, to my parents, to my business, to all of my relationships with my friends have literally nothing to do with that number on the scale. Yeah. I'm going to sum it up. You are more than your number. Yes. Right. I think we should title this episode actually that exact title because how many times even do you go to the doctor and you get a certain number, right? A weight Mm -hmm. number, a size number, a cholesterol number, a BMI number, right? Like there are so many numbers that we associate ourselves with. And what you're saying here is there's so much more. And if we can take off the blinders and stop staring at the number and realize that there's so much more to that, to who you are, you're more than your number. And it almost makes, it, it makes the number insignificant, but it doesn't discount the changes that you're making either. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's also an important reminder that it's okay still to know that I'm more than my number as I pursue change that aligns me more with the woman of wellness that I want to be right. You are aligning more. You're making different choices that help you show up in your business, in your motherhood, in your marriage. And those things, what you're saying here is that those things are naturally fall your body's kind of naturally falling into the right places as you um continue that process of healing and aligning with that vision yeah yeah okay i'm i'm really excited we i think we're calling it you're more than your number <laughs> episode <laughs> thank you so much sarah for joining me and sharing your story i know it's uh, vulnerable to share and uh, but i also know that um, it's so powerful to hear other people's stories, because like you said before, it's, 
sometimes if someone tells you just one time, you're like, oh, I don't believe that. Or, you know, but yeah. when you hear it over and over again and you hear that, like, it's possible for someone else and it can be possible for me, it, it brings another level of like, I'm ready to trust. I'm ready to surrender. So thank you for so beautifully sharing your story with us today. Anytime. Okay, my friend. If you love the Woman of Wellness podcast, did you know that one of the biggest ways you can say thank you is by hitting that subscribe button and leaving a review? This helps the women that need this message have more of a chance of seeing it. And if these messages speak to you, why not share the love? I genuinely care what you think of this podcast. If this particular episode resonated with you, just copy the link and send it to a friend or share it on social media. Make sure to tag me at a woman of wellness and I will be sure to send my love right back. And while you're at it, just come hang out with me on Instagram. I share lots more support over there as well. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for being here. I absolutely mean it.